All right, well, hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, kids. Merry Christmas, family. So good to be with you guys on this chilly Christmas Eve. If you haven't met me before, my name is Joe Polino, and so excited uh, just to be with you guys here on this Christmas Eve uh, service. Uh, and so uh, one of the things that I love most about Christmas is the gift exchanges, okay? So last night, we did our Polino gift exchange, okay? So we're gonna be with, uh, I'm gonna, our family's gonna be with my in-laws tomorrow. So we did our gift exchange with the Polinos uh, yesterday. And uh, it's always a lot of fun, but this year was extra special because we had uh, my grandmother with us who we affectionately call Mama, And she's actually right here in the second row, Mama, with our youngest son. And... To know Mama is to know laughter and joy. She brings so much, so much laughter, joy, and life and light to our gathering. So she lives in Ohio, so she's visiting. And so Mama is one of those uh, people that something mildly funny will happen and she'll laugh at it. That's my son. It's okay. He can, he can storm the stage. We'll have, we'll, it, just to all the parents, there's just so much grace. So do not even, it'll probably be my kids up here uh, playing the drums or something. But as I was saying, so Mama uh, just brings a lot of laughter to the point where she will start laughing at something that's really not that funny, but because she thinks it's so funny, I will think that is funny and I'll start laughing at her. And then because I'm laughing at her, then she will laugh even more. And now we're both laughing and we can't stop. And it becomes like a snowball of laughter heading downhill that begins to swallow up our entire family to where we are like getting an ab workout and we don't even know what we're laughing about. That is the mamaw effect. Another thing that she does is she gives great gifts, which I want to share with you in a second. Uh, one of the things that she gives uh, is a, a gift that is very practical, but maybe not on your wish list. For the past six years or so, she has either mailed me or given me some variation of a different flashlight. So, you know, you always need a good practical flashlight. I mean, now they have the iPhone, maybe not as much. Uh, but uh, the flashlight, I did not get a flashlight last night. So I was telling Mama why, like, I was expecting a flashlight. Where was it? And she said, well, I thought you would have enough by now. Do you not keep my gifts? Is what she said. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. So I'm going to prove to her and to you that I keep her flashlights. Okay. So we have some different flashlights in here. We have the headlamp which is probably the most used and practical to keep your hands free. So this is a headlamp, okay? We also have the portable, you know, just in your pocket or in your car. So there we go. We got the portable. That's from Mama. This one's pretty cool. This one is a fold-out. There you go. So if you're working under your car or a project or something, you can turn that bad boy on so that you can do what I do. And I look under there like, yep, my engine is still there. I still have no idea what to do. I'm going to call a mechanic, but I'm glad I could look under there. So that's about the extent of my mechanic skills. This one is kind of like a uh, flashlight, lantern, reading lamp all in one. I mean, if this doesn't say QVC, I don't know what does. So... I mean, uh, I've, I, you can tell it's well used for camping and whatnot, but the last is my favorite. 
I keep this in my car just in case because it looks like a normal flashlight, but it's actually a built-in nightstick as well. And in case you're going to do any funny, funny business around the corner, I can... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really know how you peek around the corner, but I can, I can flash a light if I need to. So, Mamma gives the best and mo- most unique gifts. Um, but on a serious note, just thinking about like a flashlight, there are times when I get this stocking stuffer and I'm like, okay, I, uh, I will probably use this at some point, but I only appreciate the gift whenever I need it. You know, uh, when we had snowmageddon, which uh, praise God, we have not had so far on this cold snap, but when we had snowmageddon earlier this year and all the power went out, I was very thankful for all of my six years of flashlights that my mamaw had given me because I needed it then. Uh, And I just want to make the correlation that with Christmas and all of the good things that come with it, the family, the gifts, and I hope that you experience all of that, we don't really appreciate the the real true uh, meaning or essence of Christmas unless we appreciate the need for which Christmas came. So let me put it this way. Flashlights are a huge help, though sometimes even... Flashlights are a huge help, even a lifesaver sometimes, when it's, par- when it's pitch dark outside and you can't see where you're going. Christmas is actually a story of God's true light, the source of all light, coming to people trapped in darkness. So I'm going to say that again. Christmas is actually a story of God's true light, the source of all light, coming to a people trapped in darkness. That is, that is why there's such celebration around Christmas is because the darkness was so dark and the light has come. Similar to a flashlight, we won't think much of Christmas until we realize how desperate our need is for God's light to shine on our darkness. And so that's what I wanna talk with you guys about just this Christmas Eve. And here's, what it, here's, here's the message right here. Christmas reminds us that we need the light of the world. Christmas reminds us that we need the light of the world. And Jesus shows us that he is this light through number one, a statement, number two, a promise, and number three, a gift, okay? So we're gonna go through that in a second, but we're gonna turn to John 8, 12. This is the only verse we're really gonna camp out in. I'm gonna jump around to other verses, but this is John 8, 12. And this is what Jesus says. He says, in John 8, 12, he's talking with Pharisees and it says, again, Jesus spoke to them, to the Pharisees, the religious leaders saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in, in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, will not walk in darkness, and, but will have the light of life. So that's what we want to talk about, the statement, I am the light of the world, the promise, we'll never walk in darkness, and the gift, will have the light of life. So number one, we're going to start with the statement, the statement. Uh, so if you can turn to that slide, Al, if you got it. Yeah, so there you go. Jesus shows us that he's the light through, uh, through being a, that he's the light through a statement, promise, and gift. So number one, that statement, Jesus is the light of the world. So what is Jesus talking about here? Uh, Well, previously in the Gospels, Jesus has been healing people. He has been teaching with authority. Uh, He has been causing a stir all throughout Galilee. And the religious leaders are wondering, who is this Jesus? What is he about? Who does he say that he is? And he's also doing some things that 
uh, are making them feel uncomfortable. He's not just claiming to be the Messiah. He's making statements that he's actually equal with the father. Like God is not just the father of us all. It's like, God is my father and I am his son and saying things that are disturbing them. And so here is one of the places in John 8, 12, where Jesus uses one of these declarative statements where he says, I am the light of the world. In other places in John, he says, I am the bread of life, or I am the good shepherd that lays down my life for the sheep, or I am the way, the truth, and life. So here he says, I am the light of the world. So why is this significant? What does this mean? Well, for one, he is saying that for the past, oh, about 700 years before, there's been a prophecy that in the Old Testament, that the darkness we're experiencing right now as Jews, as Israelites, that there will be a Messiah. And in Isaiah, they call him the suffering servant. So this suffering servant is gonna come and he is going to be a light in the darkness. In Isaiah 42, six through seven, he says, I am the Lord and I have called you, speaking of the suffering servant, in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. So Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. He is saying this light of the nations, that this is me, the one that is gonna open the eyes of the blind and bring prisoners from the dungeon, that is me. In Isaiah 49, verse six, it goes on to say, that it is too light of a thing for, for this suffering servant, for this Messiah to only bring back the tribes of, G, uh, of Jacob, of Israel, to bring them back the preserved of Israel. I will make you a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. So he is saying not just for the Jews, but also for all of the world that I am coming I'm coming. I am the light of the world. And Jesus in this moment, as they're kind of like, oh, who is he? What should we do? He's telling them. He's saying, I'm the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Man, now why is this important? I think one of the reasons it's important is that just as the religious leaders are trying to figure out who Jesus is, sometimes we can get confused by the voices in the world or the voices in our culture, or even the voices maybe among Christians. And I would just say, let Jesus speak for himself. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And just to let the weight of that kind of sit, like he's not giving you, uh, he's not giving me like an out on, he's just a good moral teacher. Or Jesus, you know, I agree with some of his teaching, but I don't agree with this. He's saying, I am the light of the world. And just like the sun gives light to our world, I mean, the sun without the sun, uh, that's my son, but I'm talking about the, the, the sun. Hey, buddy. But, I, but as the, the sun shines, uh, as the sun shines, we have um, the, <laughs> well, it's a family affair. There we go. Two out of four. Y'all can stay up here if you're quiet. Um. But as the sun gives sunlight, I mean, we don't, have, we don't have life without the sun. The sun provides food for the plants uh, through photosynthesis. They literally eat sunlight. And as we eat the plants and the animals eat the plants, it gives us life and gives us light. Jesus is saying, I am the sun. I am the light of the world. Hey, honey, if you, can you go back to your mom? Uh, 
Um, sorry, lost my place there. Um, so with that, just as he's saying that, one of the things that just want to encourage you to do is just to sit with that statement. Sit with that statement that he says, I am the light of the world. As C.S. Lewis put it uh, so eloquently, Jesus only gives us three options. Uh, he's either a lunatic for thinking that he is the light of the world. He is a liar or he is Lord. And I think there's, there's a difference between saying like my beautiful wife, honey, you are the light of my life. Uh, that you are, uh, you know, the, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. Uh, you make me happy when skies are gray. Like that's appropriate to say things like that because it's a metaphor that you are so important to me that it's like the sun uh, in my life. But if I was to say, honey, you are the light of the world, that spiritual darkness will be pushed out from you, that, that all the nations will come to you. She'd be, you know, she'd be, she'd be a little, little, uh, little concerned for my well-being, and maybe even more so if I was to say, I am the light of the world, right? If I was to say that, then she would really begin to question. But Jesus, let's just let that, weight stand, let, that, let that statement weigh on us that he says, I am the light of the world. So that is the statement. So what does that mean? If the light of the world has come, what does that mean for us? And that leads us to point number two, which is the promise. He says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness or will not walk in darkness. So this promise is answering the why the light has come. The purpose of Christmas is that God came in the form of a baby so that you can follow him and never walk in darkness. That's the point of Christmas. First John 5 through, 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 uh, through seven says this. This is John writing a letter to the churches. He says, this is the message. So here's the message. This is the message of Christmas. Here's the message of the gospel. We have heard from him, Jesus, and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Are you saying God is light? If we say we have fellowship with him, we, while we walk in darkness, we lie. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So this message is saying why the light has come. He's come so that we may never walk in darkness. Now, on first reading that, honestly, it made me think of almost like a QVC infomercial of like, that sounds too good to be true. Uh, I don't know if you if that hits you the same way, but I was like, okay, I would never walk in darkness again. What would that actually mean? Because if you look around in our world, uh, I would say that there's quite a bit of darkness. There's, there's a lot of darkness. And you just scroll through your newsfeed headlines, they are making money off of darkness. Like they are wanting you to click on it. Like there's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of darkness out there. So why does Jesus say, I will never walk in darkness? And, and even just thinking through in history, the enlightenment uh, period of history was where reasoning and science, they are going to be the, the, the philosophies that are gonna get rid of darkness in our world. And while there's been some good things that have come about from that, like we're still in darkness. So how is Jesus saying we'll never walk in darkness? Well, what Jesus is not saying is that we'll never encounter darkness in our own lives. In fact, Jesus promises the opposite. He says in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, 
but take heart, I have overcome the world. So it's like, okay, so we are gonna encounter darkness, but I don't need to walk in darkness because you have overcome the world. And even in the Old Testament, in Psalm 27, verse one, he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Well, if the light has gotten rid of all of the darkness, why should I be afraid anyway? You know, well, yes, the Lord is my light and my salvation, but we are still in a world that is being redeemed. Like we are, like the kingdom of God is here, but it is coming in its fullness. And so Jesus is not promising a life free from hardship, free from trouble or pain. Jesus says, those who follow me will never walk in darkness. So why does that matter? Uh, I think if you, if you hear nothing else from this message, I just wanted to, to hear, hear this, that Jesus is inviting you to follow him and never walk in darkness, that he's real. Just in even praying for this message, just believe that there's some people that needed to hear that, that they feel as if they're coming to a place where they're kind of lost. And I know when I was growing up, uh, when I was a young man in, in high school going into college, I would hear phrases in church saying, you know, you want to be more like Jesus. And I would think about it and I was like, have they read about what Jesus went through? Like, I, he, he died a painful death. He, he actually died without a house, without a wife, without a family. And so when I would hear become more like Jesus, I was like, yeah, it's probably true, but I, I, don't, really, uh, I don't really want to. If I'm honest, at that point in my life, what I was pursuing as my light and my path was a different variation of the American dream where I would have a family, where I would have a house, where I would have financial security. But as I began to pursue that, what I found was is that, wow, there's more darkness than I realize in the world. Like there's, there's a lot of brokenness. As I, as I would try to go about in my relationships, there was broken relationships and realizing that my sin actually hurt people and that I couldn't just bring about what I wanted to on my own strength. And then I realized that in my own career of trying to find what I where I could get financial security and success and significance, like all of that led me down a, p- a place where I was like in a, in, in, a, in a place like surrounded in the woods where I, I did not know where light was, where I was dark. And in that place of not knowing what my next step was, I said, Jesus, if you're real, show me. Jesus, if you're real, show me. And I called out to the light of the world, would you come and would you, would you save me? And by God's grace, when I was in college, he sent a friend of mine, to be, uh, to be in, in many ways like a mamma, to give me a flashlight. I love how it says in, in, in 1 John, that when John, it talks about John the Baptist, who says, I, I came to testify about the light. I'm not the light, but I wanna show you what the light, who the light is. Like this, there was this guy in my college uh, fraternity who showed me who Jesus was. And from that point on, I would say there was probably more hardships and challenges that I faced, but the difference was, is that I was never alone that he was always with me, that I had a light, that I never walked in darkness again. And I just want to declare that again, that when Jesus makes this promise, I'm the light of the world, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, no matter what valley you're going through right now, no matter what challenge you're going through, that he is inviting you to follow him and you will never walk in darkness as you do that. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's, 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 uh, I don't know, let's, let's worship this Christmas, you know, let's, man, I'm so excited. Okay, so the last, the last part that it leads to, okay, so he is the light of the world and he has come so we may never walk in darkness. 
And the third thing is that he's come to give us the best gift of all, but have the light of life. Have the light of life. So in the original language where it says will have, uh, it's, it's a Greek word called echo. Echo, that's right, echo, that's pretty good. So what it means is that you will hold it, you will hold firmly, you will have, and it says this, this light of life. It's, it's another way of saying eternal life, that I, I will give you that you will have eternal life. So what does that mean? It means forgiveness. It means freedom from shame that grows in the dark. It means fellowship with God. It means everything, the best gift of all, that Jesus has come to give us the gospel. He's come to give us himself. It's the greatest gift of all. But you know, sometimes the greatest gift of all takes humility in order to receive it. So tomorrow morning, if you were to open your gifts, if you open gifts on Christmas morning like we do, and someone was to give you a certificate that says, I have paid for your first 10 counseling sessions with the best counselor I know. It, depending on your awareness of your need would, would depend on how good that gift is, right? So if you opened it and you've never had a conversation with that family member about anything and they're just kind of like, you know what? I just really thought you needed this, this, this time of year. That could be really offensive, right? Uh, that, that, that could be a little off-putting. Thank you. But, uh, you know, is there something else you want to say? Like in front of the group? But, you know, if you also uh, had been talking to that person and you just said, man, I'm going through a really hard time and they gave you that gift, how thankful would you be? Wow, what a generous gift. That's very expensive. I, I am, I'm very thankful for that gift. That's what the gospel's like, except multiply it by like to the billionth degree. Depending on your awareness of your need is how you appreciate the gift of what Christmas really is all about. That if you know how dark your darkness is, wow, how great is that light of Jesus coming to us? Like really, and I'm not, I mean, just from your past darkness of what you've been coming from, from the things that you've done, like there is forgiveness completely, wow. And for the present, the things that we're going through right now and for the future, there is, man, up in, into, into eternity, this is the greatest gift of all. But if you don't realize your need and say, I'm good, then it's actually quite offensive. There's a scripture that says the gospel to some uh, smells like life, like perfume of life, and to others it smells like death. And my prayer, my hope is that this morning, as we are, I mean this morning, this evening, as we're gathering, as we go into Christmas, that we would just be undone with more and more of the goodness of, of, of this life, this light of life that we have, that we have together. And like it says in 1 John, it says, as we walk with him, as we fellowship with one another, he says, I tell you this so that our joy may be complete. Our joy is complete as we share this with other people. Amen? So I want to share that with you, with you this evening. And just as we close, just want to reiterate that Jesus says that I am the light of the world. This statement means that he, he's either a lunatic, a liar, or he's Lord. And I would say that he is Lord. And I've tasted and seen and know that as you walk with him, as you walk with him, that you will never walk in darkness again. 
And that I'm so thankful that honestly, the pain of walking in darkness brought me to a place of wanting the gift of life, of, of saying, Jesus, would you come into my life? And there's a passage in Revelations 3 where Jesus says, here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. To anyone who would let me in, I will come in and dine with them. And it is amazing that the light of the world, more than the sun, the light of the world, all powerful light of the world would say that he doesn't just put his shoulder through the door and knock it through our, our, our hearts, but he knocks. He knocks and he waits for our invitation. Isn't it amazing the humility of God not to come in a, a, you know, a heavenly display, but to humble himself to become a man and even just think about even becoming like an embryo inside of a teenage girl growing up, being birthed in a poor family, becoming a refugee, running for his life. Like he's experienced everything that we have experienced and then some, and he is without sin. And he has done this not to say, well, you should have done better. He's done this for you. He's done this because we cannot be lights ourselves, but he is the light of the world. Wow. And so this evening is just another invitation uh, to respond to that knocking on the door. And maybe you've let him in and, and he has come into your house. And it's funny, whenever he comes through the door, he actually closes up the door as if to say, I'm never leaving again. He like removes the bolts and he seals it off and says, I'm here. I want to dine with you. But sometimes we can go to other parts of the house or we can try to leave him in parts where the closets and the corners don't have his light. And there's an invitation that if you know that you're a Christian and you know that you walk with God, but you haven't been inviting him as the light of the world into all of your life, that this evening is an opportunity to say, Lord, I wanna let you into all of it. And I wanna follow you and I don't wanna walk in darkness. And there's this other invitation to if you've never put your trust in Jesus, if you've never done that, how do I do that? Well, in John, 4, in John 1, 9 through 12, it says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world, Jesus. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So it's to let him into the door and just simply to say, I believe you're the light of the world and I receive you. And so I just want to, we're going to respond in that way. Ben, if you can come up, we're going to respond. And if that's you, man, let Christmas 2022 be the, be the, be the time where you let Jesus in. You might not, you don't have to have all the questions figured out. I definitely didn't. But to know enough to say, I need light in my life. I need the light of the world and I want to walk in the light. And so Jesus, I don't know all the answers to the questions, but I believe and I want to receive you and he will come in and he will dine with you. He will, he will, he will have fellowship with him. He says that he gives the right to become children of God. So the way we're going to respond is uh, in a moment, we're going to respond by doing a candlelight uh, response. Jesus, the light of the world. And so in a moment, Donnie's going to light the candle. Uh, and in our house, we, we celebrate Advent by doing different candles. And so with each Sunday that comes, uh, with the four Sundays that lead up to Christmas, 
we light a different candle. And the first candle is, Jesus, thank you that you are a hope. And we turn out all the lights and we light that hope candle. And it's pretty dark as we're trying to have dinner or whatnot. But we say, Jesus, thank you for our hope. And then the next Sunday, we light the hope candle and the love candle. Thank you for being our hope and our love. And then we light the peace candle. And so by the time it's Christmas, we can actually see the entire table. And so tonight we wanna light the Christ candle, the greatest light of all. And as we light, we're gonna, we're gonna sing and we're gonna respond. And as we do, just wanna again say that I really believe the Lord is inviting all of us again. Just say, Lord, you are the light of the world. I wanna follow you and never walk in darkness. Thank you for this gift of life. Amen? Amen. So let's go ahead and stand. So as Donnie's lighting the candles, as Donnie's lighting the candles and different people are coming around, we're just gonna pass the light of Christ around and I'm gonna pray for us. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you are the light of the world. Thank you that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And Lord, we just pray, God, that anyone here who this is an opportunity for them to say, I wanna follow you. I wanna put my trust in you. Lord, that, that you would move in people's hearts and you would speak to them right now. You would speak to them the truth that you have come, not just for the world, but you've come for them. Lord, we love you and we honor you in this place. Thank you for being the light of the world. Thank you that Christmas means that you have come. In Jesus' name, amen.